In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to Dropping the Gloves with Tim and John. How are you doing, Tim? Good morning, John. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's a good morning. I So I do my adoration hour from 4 to 5 every Wednesday morning, and I usually just wake up at 3, 3.30, 3.35, and like sprint to church. I'm tired. I'm just whatever. This morning, I woke up. I made myself some coffee. I got my stuff ready for the day. It was beautiful. I feel good. So I'm in a good. I'm in a better spot this morning than I usually am on a Wednesday morning. Usually, I'm just drowsy and just kind of, you know, going through the motions. But today, I feel like I feel like it's 10 a.m., 11 a.m., and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm moving a groove. I'm sure I'll hit the wall later, but right now, I feel good. What's the difference? Why do you feel so good today? I think it's the coffee. I think I just poured myself a giant vat of coffee before I left, and. I uh, I just perked right up. It's funny. I, I didn't start drinking coffee until I was done with my playing career, which is strange because usually, you know, guys in the locker room, morning, noon, night, they would have coffees before the game. It was just kind of what they did, especially I, I, I played before the Red Bull era started and the monster energy drinks and all these kind of upper drinks. And so my first few years, whether it was in the AHL or the NHL, guys would just have coffee. You know, that, that was the normal thing. You, you'd go to the, you go to the rink around 4.30 for a 7 o'clock game, and there'd be two or three pots of coffee going. And guys would just grab a cup of coffee, you know, go start your prep for the game with a, with a hot cup of coffee. So I never touched that stuff. I don't know why. I, I always had energy. I, I just never really needed it until I stopped playing. I was like, man, am I tired? Like, my kids wear me out. I wake up. I'm just dragging a little bit. And it's amazing. Do you drink coffee, Tim? I've never drank coffee. It is amazing how it changes your life. Really? See, it's crazy. I'm I'm a, I'm afraid of being like dependent on it. You know what I mean? Because sometimes you use coffee to to help you wake up, and then pretty soon you can't wake up without it. I've seen that in people before. Totally understand. That's why you have to kind of regulate. And I I'm not there yet where I I can uh, regulate it. But I like I can drink drink a cup of coffee with dinner and then fall right asleep. But you know, 9 p.m. So I'm not one of those people who it's like, well, I better not drink a cup. It's 5 p.m. I'll be up all night. I'm like, oh, really? You're going to be up all night? So I, I don't fall into that category. Um, but yeah, I, I do see your worry where it's like, okay, I'm going to start this. How do, how do I stop? Where does this end? Do I need one cup this week, two cups next month, three cups next year? So I haven't experienced that. I still have one cup and I'm, you know, buzzing. And it's been like two, three years since I, I've been doing this. I've had friends who like if they don't have a cup of coffee by nine, ten o'clock in the morning, they get like really bad headaches. They get withdrawals. Like they need it every day. And yeah. I just, I'm like, uh, I don't want that to happen to me. I I'm think- also someone who, yeah. if I have like, I could have like a can of soda at noon at lunchtime, 
and I will have trouble sleeping that night. Like it has one of those people. That's so funny. I wonder why caffeine affects people differently. Cause that I could literally, and I'm not even over-exaggerating this. I could chug a Red Bull at 10 35 PM and be sound asleep at 10 45. And so I don't know why, but I could like in the morning I drink a coffee and I I feel better. You know, I I feel like I have a little bit of energy pep in my step. So I don't know. It's just one of those things. Zen and (laughs) I do know it's a slippery slope. I played with the guy Zen and Kanapka where he would in his stall, he would have like four or five Red Bulls lined up. He would have a cup of coffee. He would have some, you know, upper pills, not like drugs, but like um, some Sudafeds or whatever. And he would take it before every game. Like, I'm just like, opera like what is going on he's like i gotta have it man i I can't play if i don't have it and i never wanted to get to that point that that why that's why i didn't do it during hockey because i would see these guys i'm like man like that seems like it's not good for your body like you need all this energy drinks and coffee and your heart must be just beating a mile a minute like it can't be too healthy so that scared me but no like my wife will make a nice cup in the morning and finally i was like you know what just give me one of those what does it taste like and it's delicious it's absolutely delicious so what i do is this is a really long drawn out kind of thing. I, I just make black coffee that doesn't taste good. So I'm not addicted to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when I drink it, it's still kind of yucky, but I, I drink it just to kind of, I, I like that feeling, Tim. I like that feeling. That's what I've heard too. Like that first sip in the morning is just a special thing. Ooh. And then I, I, I just started this week putting in creamer because my wife, um, our daughter, our newest one, she's um, allergic to dairy. So my wife got this um, non-dairy almond milk creamer that's like caramel flavored, and she's been dumping it in her coffee. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to try that because my coffee's all, my coffee's always so hot, and I usually when I pour it, I jump in the car and I go I go places and I spill it all over myself. So I'm like, well, the creamer might cool it down, and it does, but it also just makes ugh, it tastes so good. Like I'm, t- I'm talking like. You're, you're drinking candy in the morning and it just, it's delicious. So that might be something I need to kind of gauge because, you know, too much of a good thing is always not, not a good thing. If you know what I mean. And I think you do, Tim. (laughs) I think you do. But anyways, moving on. I was perusing the social internet last week and I came across a Twitter war, a Twitter beef that is just extending way too long. So why don't you just kind of start it off, kind of set the stage for the Twitter war that ensued between a pair of brothers and an NHL star, quote unquote star, and just kind of what what began this whole back and forth between these two NHL superstars, Tim? Yeah, so it started with uh, the undercard of the big fight this past Saturday was a YouTube star named Jake Paul. Have you, have you ever heard of him before? Never. You know what? Never heard of him. The only thing I've heard of him, was he the guy who videoed himself in like a Japanese garden where someone hanged himself and he got in trouble for that? It was him or his brother. There's two of them. I don't remember which one did that. That's the only reason I know that name. Um, they seem like really, really good guys to throw rocks at. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's just my my sense of them. So that I'll go ahead, keep keep going. Well, that's that's what most like people our age or older would say. But they have millions of followers on YouTube and and social media, whatever. So he one of them fought um, 
Nate Robinson, the former NBA player who's also like five eight, five nine. Um, and I mean, Jake Paul's not huge. He's probably like six one or something, but he's, he's built pretty well. And he knocked him out, I think, on the second round. So he got a lot of attention online. And he's not, he's like not a professional boxer, really, but he's been boxing for a couple of years. And I guess he's pretty good. And um, so then everyone is just taking a social media saying like, oh, like you shouldn't have fought him. He's way smaller. Oh, I would I beat you up, Jake Paul or whatever, including uh, some friends of the show, Evander Kane first tweeted that Saturday night said, geez, maybe I should take on Jake Paul next. And then Robin Leonard, the goalie, said, nah, step out of the way and let real Knights fight. Hashtag baby shark. I love that Robin Leonard said that because he's totally trolling Evander Kane because it's like, beat it. Like, you know what I mean? So here's my question. What benefit does Evander Kane get at um, messaging Jake Paul like that? Like, what what is the reasoning behind that? You're You're savvy in that industry. Is he just trying to gain... Um, some clout behind his name. You know, it's it's been a long off season. The Sharks didn't make it to the bubble. They've been off for a good, you know, six seven months. What is he doing? You know what I mean? What 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 is the end game for him tweeting at Jake Paul? It's just attention. It's just a way for him to get attention. That's all it is. Yep. And Which is yeah. It, it it seems a little silly that this guy, Evander Kane, um would want that kind of attention. Like if, if I'm an NHL GM or an NHL owner and I see my player challenging some random dude to a fight, it's like, what are you doing? Like the, the season potentially is around the corner. Like they're, they're shooting for an early January start and you're, you're challenging someone to a fight. And then didn't he like follow that up with like a date? Yeah. So then the next day, I don't know. I mean, he's probably just getting his tires pumped for the first tweet. Then he says, yo, Jake Paul, I'd wreck you. Easy to beat guys with no experience and much smaller. August 31st, 2021, Vegas. We can see if you really about that action. Hashtag your move. So, okay. Does Jake Paul respond to him? Like what, what instigates the second challenge or second tweet? Yeah, there's a video of Jake Paul saying basically like Evander Kane, who is that? Looks like he plays for the San Jose Sharks. What is that? He's like acting like he doesn't know who the Sharks are. And then said like, yeah, fine, add him to the list. I'll fight him too, is what he said. Oh, see, I didn't know any of that. Interesting. All right. Well, Jake Paul might not know about the San Jose Sharks. That's a legitimate thing. <laughs> yeah. If he's this like um, social media guy, there's, there's a good chance he doesn't follow hockey. Like I, I've met multiple people in Canada and in the Northern United States who don't know like much about hockey. So that, that doesn't surprise me, but so that, so that what is, is the, the date? Sorry to keep, keep going. The date is August. Yeah. He's, he's setting a date. So, I mean, that's what they do. They set the date like eight months in advance, right. For a boxing match. So he's just, just completely disregarding the hockey season. And now he's a professional fighter. Because I'm guessing this fight isn't going to be for free. Like, I, I saw the Mike Tyson purse, and it looks like he made $10 million. I'm sure this Paul guy made a million bucks for the fight, I would imagine. I, I don't know, maybe less, but I, it's just strange that it would go this far. And maybe Evander just loves him some him. Like, you know, nobody loves Evander like Evander loves Evander. So, and I, and I know he was named after Evander Holyfield. You know, so he does have that boxing pedigree. I don't know that. I'm just completely making that up. But I'm assuming, I think I heard that around the way. So don't, uh, don't fact check me on that. But 
Is this a good idea? What if Jake Paul says, let's do it? I know. This is a lose-lose situation for him. Right? Like, what if he says, done? I'll see you there. We'll, we'll do it at um, the T-Mobile Arena. Like, well, let's make this happen. Will the Sharks, A, let him do it? And B, what if he goes in there and gets dummied? Well, answer the first question. What, what, what do the Sharks do in all this? They would absolutely not let him do it. Like, this, this would be a, a big hard no. And the reason is it's in your contract. You're not allowed to do dangerous things outside of hockey. Like this would be a breach of contract. If he went in there, got hurt, broke his hand, broke his face, boom, you're in breach of contract. Maybe the Sharks would let him do it just to get out of the contract because his albatross of a contract is going to – is there a team in hockey that has as many worse contracts for a longer term than the San Jose Sharks? Uh, The Ducks maybe. They got some pretty bad ones. But I don't think the term is as long for the Ducks. Yeah. Like Sharks have Vlasic, Carlson, Burns, Kane. And I don't want to throw Couture in that mix because he's still productive. They're on the hook for at least five or six more years. It's yeah. insane that they are just in that, in that boat for that long. But anyways, if I was Doug Wilson, I'd be like, yeah, go for it. You know, whisper, whisper to him in the locker room. You know, you have our support. And then as soon as the fight, <laughs> round one, ding, ding, you could see the headline on TSN. Evander Kane suspended from the Sharks indefinitely. But I don't know. I just – okay, so there's that part. What, yeah. That tweeted, wasn't the end of it. No, no, no. So he tweeted something else on, uh, the other night, and then he deleted it. I don't know what he tweeted. But whatever he said got Ryan Reeves' attention because now Ryan Reeves is in the mix. And this is his response, again, to a tweet that's been redacted. We don't know what it said. But Ryan Reeves said – I ain't never run from anyone's sister in my life, let alone for nine years. That shark logo on your jersey is the toughest thing about you. I expect a billboard apology for running your mouth. I'm sure you still got the number. <laughs> and Evander said back, might be the only billboard you've only been on. So I know what Evander Kane tweeted. I, I think um, Ryan Reeves' brother tweeted at Evander saying, like, you better watch your mouth or I'm going to shut it for you. Something like that. Something real tough, you know. And Evander Kane says, um, no one's worried about the Reeves sisters. You guys just shut your, shut your mouth, shut your mouth, your mouth. I'm super tough. You know how they, they do it on Twitter. And so he, he said the Reeves sisters. And then he quickly deleted it because that's not, you're not allowed to say that anymore because it's misogynistic, the Me Too movement, this, this whole thing. You know, you're really demeaning women. But when Bully did it in Chicago to the Sedin sisters, everybody and their brother was making T-shirts and it was great. But now it's 2020 and you're not allowed to say that. I don't want to get into it. That's a whole other episode. So anyways, he deleted the tweet. Ryan jumped on it. Ryan and his brother were going back and forth with Evander. Why? Why? Like, I will say this. It is entertaining from the outsiders to be like, okay, these are two guys who are in the same division and they're going at it, and they're both relatively tough. In the NHL right now, I would say Reeves is number one or two, and I would say Kane or Evander is probably top 20. Just that's the state of the league right now. Like, that's how not tough it is. It's entertaining to watch, but is it is it needed? You know what I mean? Is it needed to have this kind of light on either of those players or the league right now, especially with what's going on outside of hockey? Like, what's what is your take? I mean, yeah, we're talking about it, right? So it's kind of, it's entertainment. It's, it's um, drawing some attention to hockey right now when, it's, when there's really not much going else on. But it, it just feels a little, 
it feels a little childish, right? It feels a little silly. It feels a little just like, okay, this is just like cheap, cheap entertainment, you know? And even Evander last night released another video of himself um, at Logan Paul, which is the other brother. So Logan must have said something about it. And he said, hey, Logan, I'd take that mop off your head and wipe the floor with it. So he's he's backing up. He wants something to happen here. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but but Evander wants a piece. He is doubling down. It's in, it's incredible. Should I just um, put, <laughs> yeah. my, put my hat in the ring and say, do I'll, it. I'll, beat the doors off all you guys like no <laughs> i don't want to do that but it's just incredible that they that they just they crave the attention this much you know what i mean and i look i i am human i enjoy attention i enjoy when people focus on me it's great but i, I try not to go out of my way to do it. I, I think this is negative attention i don't think it's helpful for their brand i don't think it's helpful for them in in the nhl i think it does a lot of harm to their careers in the long run. Maybe not Ryan Reeves per se, because that that's his, you know, his MO. He's the tough guy. He's the guy who's there to stir things up. Evander is not that. That's not what the Sharks want. They want him to be a player. They want him to score goals and create offense and be a hard-nosed player. And he's already had a lot of these distractions since his time in San Jose. There's the gambling issue. There's the stuff in Buffalo where he got charged with who knows what, you know, and there's just a lot of things that are surrounding him. You think his GM or his handlers would be like, you know what, let's pump the brakes. We don't need this kind of publicity. Let's just kind of stay low key for the next few years so we can kind of get over this and maybe build something else with you because he does have a lot going for them. You know what I mean? He's a good hockey player. He's in a decent market in San Jose and he's a minority. And I don't think that should be understated where he's one of very few in the NHL. He could build this brand and help build up the minority hockey market in the NHL and just do something with that. And I know they did it with the diversity hockey during the, the play-in stuff. I know he was a part of that. And he just, he just soils it. Like he's in a Twitter war with another black player. Like I don't think that goes over well. And I know that's kind of thinking – Outside the box, maybe I'm not thinking this through, but it's like, come on. Like, it's just, is it worth it? You guys, you finished it on the ice. You got into the fight. Let's just move on. You know, let's just move on. I get you don't like each other. Settle it on the ice. No one wants to see this. It, it just comes off, like you said, childish, unnecessary. Like, it's fun to fun to watch. Don't get me wrong. But then when you sit down, it's like, you know what I mean, guys? Come on. You're both NHL players. Let's act professional. So the, the last uh, tweet that I'll share is Ryan Reeves saying, Right after I can't take care of Biz Nasty at Rough and Rowdy, Jake Paul can get that smoke, book it. And Biz just replied and goes, can I just enjoy retirement in peace, please? <laughs> what is, what's Rough and Rowdy? That's a, a boxing event that Barstool Sports puts on every year, every couple a couple times a year. And does Reeves have issue with b No, I think he's just, just stirring things up for a joke. Does he, he – here's the thing where Biz, his social following gets him a little bit in trouble – not in trouble, but he gets pulled into this because he has such a big social following where people, you know, get him to do stuff because they know it will get eyes on it. Well, that's what we did for our, our new fighting show. It's like we, we were trying to think of people who would want – people would want to see. And we're like, okay, well, let's get, you know – Biz Nasty. Paul was number, I don't call him Biz Nasty. I think that's a silly nickname. Paul <laughs> was the, the first one. We're like, Paul's got over a million followers. He can help the show. Like he can get some eyeballs on it. Then we got some like, you know, George the Rock. Who else did we get? 
Yeah, we remember. haven't we haven't talked about the show at all yet. People don't know what you're talking about. But we got Laroc, so, yeah, McIntyre and um Reeves. Brian McGradden. Uh, we have some guys, but um I, we worked on the show. Gosh, we've been slowly working on it. COVID kind of put a halt to everything and it's just been really chaotic. We're going to hopefully release it soon. But um, we did this neat show where I, I, I talked to current former NHL fighters about their best fights, their fears, their worries, what they were thinking, their preparation, all of the things that goes into a fight that, you know, a lot of people think of and a lot of people don't think of. And, and it was really neat to kind of sit down one-on-one with guys who I had fought guys who I wanted to fight, guys who I looked up to. And it was just a really candid talk with all these guys. It was really great. So we're hopefully going to release that in the new year at some point. And uh, yeah, I, I think it'll be really neat. It's it's a conversation with guys that I don't think people would expect to be had. And I, and I, I do believe that when two fighters are talking, there's a level of respect and there's a level of trust that that is there that when you're just getting interviewed by a reporter, you don't really, you know, say the true answer. So anyways, look for that. Twenty twenty has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Finally. Ugh, uncle. Business across the globe are challenged to be more efficient, which means every hire is critical and indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, the whole world, with more total visits than any other job sites. According to comscore.indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike the other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay what you need, you can pause at any time, and there's no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. That sounds unreal. If you need someone to do a job, just say someone to edit your videos, someone to take care of your social media sites. You want someone who has your best interests at heart, not someone who's going on dates all the time, exposing themselves to people with COVID. I don't know. Do like someone you work with. Indeed.com gets rid of all that stuff. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer is valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Ooh, football is back, and it's in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. The holidays are here, everybody. Have you guys made your wish list yet? 
Have you? Well, guess what? Our sponsor has the number one wished for gift of the year, Manscaped. They are the best grooming company in the world. And they are here to ensure you take care of yourself, especially with their new Manscaped product. Do you have nose hair? Do you have ear hair? I know I do, and it is a problem. My kids constantly go, Dad, what's on your ear? What is that thing? Oh, it's just my disgusting ear hair, honey. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it with some scissors. Oh, I cut my ear off. Has that ever happened to you? Well, guess what? Manscaped has your back. They have the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. It's waterproof. It has a 9,000 RPM motor. It has a 360-degree rotary dual-system blade. It's insane. You're in luck, fellas, because this year Manscaped has the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, and it makes perfect sense, and it makes the perfect gift. Get one for your dad. Get one for your brother. Get one for your uncle. Get one for yourself. Don't have anybody buying you gifts. Wrap it up. Put it under the tree. Put your name on it. You'll feel special in the morning. Trust me. It works every time. So right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code John Scott 20. It's all one word, John Scott 20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code John Scott 20. What are you waiting for? Go whack that ear, hair, and nose hair, fellas. Make Santa proud. Back to social media. I know that it's a very tricky, tricky thing to maneuver. I was lucky enough to play in a time where it, it just wasn't a concern growing up. Like when I was in high school, college, there was no such thing as the internet, as crazy as that is. Like I'm dating myself. I remember in high school, one of my friends was like, I have the internet. And I was like, what? You remember those commercials where it was like, there's the, the Katie Couric and the Matt Lauer and they're talking before they go on air. It's like Google or uh, they're asking somebody, what is the internet? And someone's trying to explain it to them. It was like that where my buddy's like, I have the internet. And so we'd go over there, you'd dial up and we would like go on um, chat rooms and we'd like try to like talk to girls on chat rooms, but we were probably talking to just other guys like creeps, but that's what we would do. And we were like, it would be like age, sex, location. That was yeah. a big thing. Yeah. So we'd be like, 17 male Canada, you know, and we'd sit there and talk to random people for hours on this thing. We thought it was great. But anyways, fast forward through high school, through college, there was no um, Facebook or um, Instagram or Twitter or any of this stuff. I, I think I was one of the first people to join Facebook because it was still called the Facebook when I joined on. So it was very early. When I started playing pro, I didn't have any of these social media sites. They didn't exist. I got onto Instagram, you know, when I made the NHL. I remember the first time I kind of got in hot water was when I was with Arizona. It was after the game and I didn't play. And so I, I right after the game, I was gone. I think I might have left even out like when the third period was going on because I had friends there visiting. And so me and my wife and them went to a local restaurant and we went to this place and then, you know, those niche bars and they have the big massive beers. Like I'm talking, they're like two feet high. Yeah. And so we ordered four of them to, for the table and I had them all in front of me lined up and I snapped the picture. I'm like, take a picture. This would be great. And I, I tagged the Arizona coyotes in it. I was like, getting ready for the game tomorrow night because it was a back to back. And I knew I wasn't <laughs> playing. 
And so I tagged him and then like the media picked up on it a little bit. My GM called me like the next morning. He's like, you need to delete that. Like that is not appropriate. I was like, what do you mean? I'm just joking. Like coach told me I wasn't playing. I know I'm not playing. I'm going to go in tomorrow. Like I knew I was, it was fine. Like those weren't all my beers. I was just having one. He's like, delete it right now. It's a bad look for the team. Like, what do you think? And I was like, like I was like, I was, it was my eighth or ninth year. I was like, I don't care. Like I'll delete it. It's fine. I, the guys had a good joke about it the next morning, but it was just, I was like, Oh boy, like you, you could get in trouble. And it wasn't that much trouble, but it was still like, Whoa, you know what? GM's not happy with me. So maybe I should pump the brakes a little bit on these, in these posts. And I did, he's like, just be careful with what you post. And that was just a minor thing. Cause nowadays I know for a fact, every NHL team has people who they follow every player and they follow every draft pick. They follow everybody in their system and they know everything you do because kids these days, they love posting. They love telling everyone what they're doing. It's just a part of their culture. And that's where people get in trouble. I I've been in the AHL with guys who are out posting stuff. It's like, Oh yeah, you know, big win. They're out at the Roxy or something. It's like, guys, what are you doing? That affects your career. And I don't think you realize it when you're doing it. But after the fact, when you look back and you're like, okay, well, this guy was the same as me. We were, you know, kind of similar players. He didn't do any of that junk. He just kind of lived a straight life. Even if he didn't live a straight life, if he was out partying, he didn't, you know, post it and make it known to the public. It affects you. I have talked to people in the industry, agents, GMs, and they say like scouts, we look at that stuff when we're drafting a player. We know we go on your social media. We do our home. We do our homework. And if you're out there posting stuff about partying or just broing it out with your friends, that's a, that's a strike. That's a red flag. I don't know. I, I just think it's a bigger deal than everybody thinks. Now you're, you're in the industry, Tim, right? You're, you're a tech guy. You monitor stuff like that. you you work with businesses who have social media stuff, what is the correct way to do this? If, if you were guiding a player, just say you take a 17-year-old player right out of the OHL about to get drafted, what, are you, what is your advice to him? Um, I mean, I think there's a right and wrong way to do it. I think there's a way to post uh, fairly regularly without crossing the line. I think a, a few players do it really well. You can show your personality. You can interact with fans. You can um, you know, still have some kind of personal brand online without without crossing the line without getting in trouble without doing something inappropriate but what is that line exactly and and i mean i don't know what the i'm sure every team is probably has different set of rules too so i would probably just tell these guys like to err on not posting like what's the big deal why like why is it so important that you post something today or this week or whatever um where it can only probably hurt you right it doesn't it's not going to help you so just don't even have it. Or if you have it, just like post a picture of you and your wife or you at the gym like once every couple months or something and just and just move on. Like it's just not worth it. And um, like you said, you've, you, players, I mean, maybe saying your careers can get ruined to the stress, but you can get in trouble and you can get some stunted growth in your career if you're if GMs don't take you seriously or they think that you're maybe a liability or maybe not someone they want to. Um, attach themselves to based on what your social presence is. Like is that one example that you gave, have you, have there been others or have you seen other teammates of yours get in trouble for stuff like that they're doing online? Well, yeah, I just, it's a catch 22 because fans want that interaction. They yeah. want that inside look. 
And then when you give them that, you know, sometimes it burns you. So it's like, okay, well, why would I put myself out there? And then people get upset. It's like, all oh, these players are robots. You know, they're not doing this and that. They, they don't show their personality. It's like, well, when I do it, sometimes, you know, we get burned for it. So why even open that door? But that's, you know, Biz Paul got in trouble for that. So he sent out a tweet. He commented on someone's contract. I can't remember who it was. He made some kind of sly remark to a team. I think it was Alish Hemsky signed with the Edmonton Oilers or something for a ridiculous contract. And Biz made a comment and he had to walk it back. He had to apologize. And he completely deleted Twitter because it was just, it got to a point where he was getting so much backlash. And when you're a fourth line guy, you know, on the fringe of playing and not playing or being sent down or whatever, you can't make a mistake like that. If you have one misstep, if you become a distraction, boom, you're gone. And so I think he realized that, he deleted the tweets. He just deleted Twitter altogether. And he eventually picked it back up. And it's funny how things change where he went, you know, radio silent for a few years. And then when he jumped back on, he was still his really opinionated self, but he was more censored a little bit. And what's interesting was I think he stayed in the league for one or two years longer because of his social media following. I feel like he got those deals at the end of his career because the teams that signed him knew what he brought. It was more than just on the ice. He brought some attention to the team. That's why he went to Arizona. That's why he kicked around the AHL for a little bit. Those teams understood what they were getting. They were getting an okay hockey player, you know, a decent guy, relatively tough, but they were also getting his millions of followers who would bring some eyes on the team, you know, get some butts in the seats, buy some drinks, buy some merch, get some Paul Bissonnette gear. It, like there's something that comes along with Paul Bissonnette. Whereas if they were to sign me at that point, I was a nobody. I was the same, you know, ilk as Paul, but not with the millions of people following me around wherever I went. So it, it's funny how it almost cost him his career. And then he did it the right way. And it extended his career for a couple of years. So it's really interesting how if you're a player and you're smart, you can use this to your benefit. You can get endorsements, you can get money, you, you can use this as a business. Like Paul must make millions of dollars off his social Instagram. I would think like when you have that kind of following, you get money. Like I, I know with mine, we could, I could make money off of it. I just don't have time. Like I don't want to, like, it's not that I don't want to, it's just a lot of work. Paul spends like, it's a full-time job. I'm sure he has people, multiple people who help him with that, but it's, it's just one of those things where you should be careful and, and you see it more in basketball and football and where it burns guys is when they're in the heat of either angry or they're upset or something's affecting them. And they'll, they'll see a tweet from a fan and they'll be like, they'll react to it. It's like, Oh yeah, well this and this and this, I make this much, you know, your salary is one of my paychecks and it just is a bad look. And you see it across the border. Guys have burner accounts like Kevin Durant. He had how many burner accounts where he's commenting on guys. And I know guys in the NHL have burner accounts. Like there's a lot of guys who have accounts where they just, they go and they follow reporters. They go and they just, they make comments every once in a while, but it's a, it's a slippery slope and it's very dangerous. I'm very, very dangerous. So if I were to tell a kid who was, who was up and coming and he had all this social stuff, I would just like get rid of it all. There's no benefit of it at all or get one and just make it a friend and family one. That's it. Don't let fans see anything you're doing. Just it's, I think there's nothing good that can come from it early on. You know, once you're established and you're a guy like who, who has been in the league for a few years and you can make some money off of it, then go and do it. But early on, there's nothing good that comes from it. It's just, it is a recipe for disaster. 
And these kids, like you just saw this kid from Washington is Brendan Lapistic guy who his messages with him and his buddy got sent out. They got aired and then capitals cut him. Yeah. Done. Like he'll never step foot on an NHL ice rink again because of that. You're a fringe guy. You're in and out of lineup. He was a good player from what I've seen. Like he, he could have stuck around for four five, six years, carved out a niche as a fourth line guy, third line guy, never again. You know what I mean? So it just takes one misstep and it, and the things he was was saying was terrible. Yeah, they were, they were awful things. Yep. It was in a personal chat room. About his, his teammates. Yeah, about his team, which was awful. If you don't say that, he's still in the NHL. You know what I mean? It, it, it drastically changes his whole life. And over some comments on um, whatever it was, you know, in, in your DMs, it's just you never know who's watching. Once it's on the Internet, it is always on the Internet. And that's what I don't, I don't think people understand. You see it all the time with draft picks. I know the bills draft pick guy, Josh Allen, he was going to get picked. Then all of a sudden people started going back in his tweets and he made some racist racial remarks when he was a kid. And it's just like, what are you doing, man? And kids don't know they're stupid. They're young. Like they say things because they think it's cool or maybe he's a racist. I don't know. But once it's on the internet, you can't take it off. Then you see it across the board. That's why I'm glad I didn't have Twitter when I was a teenager. I'd probably write in the same boat as these kids, but just be careful. Just be careful, Tim, because it never goes away. It is really, really, really a scary thing. It can ruin. Well, right. It can ruin your life. Like this Lapista kid. His life is completely altered because of this. He could be made millions for years and years and years. Now he's just a random kid who had a shot. He blew it. Now who knows what he's going to do. So I don't know. Cautionary tale. We will watch with faded breath with popcorn. See with Ryan Reeves and his brother and Vander Kane and Mr. Paul do. Hopefully there is a fight. I would love it. Would you get that pay-per-view if it was $49.99, Vander Kane versus Paul? I'd watch it. We could watch it together. Not if you have COVID, Tim. Don't have COVID. Boy, it's going to be a year from now. I know. It'll still be around. What's your prediction on COVID? Is it going to go away? I mean, just, just define go away. It's not going to go away. In the next calendar year, in 2021, will we still be wearing masks this time next year? I think probably, yeah. I think people will take it on themselves anyway. I think people will just start wearing masks. I mean, it wasn't, you would see it once in a while, like at airports and stuff, right? And yeah. I think people are going to, I don't think masks are going away, even if we have a, there's just too many benefits of it, you know? What is your personal mask style? I have a great mask from, um, from, oh, I'm going to forget who from bar down from bar down they sent that they sent a mask that says puck cancer on it and uh that's that's a good mask good quality mask i hate that mask why because it's insinuating the f word oh john it's a, i think it's a terrible uh mask and that's why I, I, they gave me one too i tossed it in the garbage or i think i gave it to you that's probably it, it. it i don't like that it's like oh we get it puck cancer it's like yeah the f word does everything have to be so gross you know what I mean? That's and this is what we were touching on the other day. Why? What's the point? Everyone knows cancer is bad. You got to insinuate like the, the, uh, an F. I don't know. I I don't like that mask, Tim. If I saw you with it, I would say, "Shame on you, sir. Shame on you." What if my little girl? That's the thing. And here's the reason I don't like it. I'm I'm gonna be walking, and there's gonna be Tim walking across from us, and my little girl is gonna go, "Why does he have puck cancer on his face? What does that mean?" Why does that make sense? Puck cancer. And I'm going to have to explain 
Tim's a terrible person, and he wants you to think of the F word when you read his face. Is that what you want me to say to my daughter, Tim? You don't have to say you... anything to her. She's going to ask. She's not, she's not a, a dummy. She's going to want to know why it says puck cancer. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense, Dad. Why does a puck and cancer have anything to do together? Ah, scandalous, scandalous. Tim Wersberger. I'm going to have to talk to Deirdre. Yeah, you do that. We got to have a conversation. I don't like where this is heading. Where really what is that? You're the just mask. Whole, you're just yourself. Yeah, I'm worried about you, Tim. <laughs> really worried about you. What did you What did you get up to last night, Tim? Um, uh, what did I do? Nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. No. I was waiting for you, but you went to bed early, so I went to bed early. We were supposed to tape. All right. Moving on. I I just think to end it all, stay off Twitter, stay off Instagram. You know. Go out, experience life. Now that it's getting cooler, you got to get the skis out. You snowshoe, Tim? I never have. I would like to, though. Never have. Yeah. Get outside, everybody. Do something fun. Go out and enjoy life. Go spend some time with some friends. Do it outside. You know what I mean? Stay safe, but stay stay sane. Stay happy. You know what I mean, Tim? I do. It's good advice. All right. Next episode is going to be a Thursday episode. And I would like to talk about if the NHL should have a season next year? I think it's a valid question. I think it needs to be discussed. I feel like everyone just plans on the season, when it's going to start. They do everything they can to have a season. I think we need to have a conversation of if it should be done for a various amount of reasons. Financially, is it smart? Socially responsible, is it smart for that? For player safety, is it responsible? Or even if it's just the right timing, is it a good thing? We see in football now, the teams are getting ravaged by this disease. Are we forcing this a little too much? Or is this needed as a distraction for people? Because there's really nothing to do out there. In Michigan, we just got locked down for three weeks, and I think we're just approaching week three. And I don't know about you, but how many times were you like, I'm just going to go grab something at the restaurant. I'm going to go for dinner. I want to go grab breakfast with my kids. Then you have to check yourself. It's like, oh, nothing's open. There's nothing open because yep. everything's, you can't do anything. So it's just like you're stuck inside. It's cold. You don't want to go outside just yet. There's no snow to play in. It's just like this miserable time. So let's, let's dig into that, Sam. Are you up for that? Yeah, let's go at it. Or are you too busy? What side do you want to be? I think we should do an old-fashioned debate. Yeah, one no. of us is, is pro-hockey and the other one is anti-hockey. Pick your side. I'll take the other. I will be anti. Okay. Then you can be pro. Why there should be a league and why there should not be a league. Game on. Then we'll have the fans vote who won the debate. And I want a really serious debate. Did you ever debate in high school? Mm, Once. But not on the debate team, just through one of my classes. People used to call me a master um, debater. I was really good at it. Like my teachers were were like, this is, you, you should be a lawyer. So I'm not, I'm just saying. I got that behind me. All right, everybody. Well, I think we should wrap it up and prepare for the big debate. I hope you all are doing well. I know I am. And we will talk to you. Well, when are we going to do that? You want to do it for tomorrow? Uh, Yeah, I can do it tonight. All right. Well, maybe. We'll see. We'll see if we do it tonight. But, yes, we will talk to you, I guess, tomorrow, everybody. Cheers. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind-the-scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. 
And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time.